Hello everybody, it's the Thoughtful Gamer here with Dan Letzring from Letterman Games, and we are here to talk about a new game that is coming out soon on Kickstarter Adventure Tactics, Dominan's Tower, Dominanes? How do you pronounce that? It's Domian's Tower. Domian's. Domian's Tower, yeah. And uh, we spoke with you just a couple months ago about Matrioska. Congratulations, by the way, on that uh, successful funding on Kickstarter. Thank you very much. Yeah, we were very excited to do our first localization, so that one was a lot of fun. Great. Glad to have you back. Thanks for being on the show. So tell me a bit about Adventure Tactics. Yeah, so Adventure Tactics, this is a big undertaking we're doing. It's a campaign-based encounter game. So something like Descent or Gloomhaven, uh, where you go from encounter to encounter, um, inspired by Final Fantasy Tactics, the video game. And so you have a choose-your-own-adventure campaign guide. There are multiple different endings, stories that carry through, random encounters you could have along the way. But for us, the big inspiration for this was the job class system in Final Fantasy Tactics. So we really wanted something that we feel no board game has really ever approached in the way they did before, which is like that completely freeform job class system where you can select your character development, you can select your passive abilities that you slot in, and you can vary those per fight. And so we did a lot of work on uh, making a game that really reflected that. And that that's what uh, this game is. Tell me more about the, the job class. Like I remember playing Final Fantasy Tactics years and years ago, uh, but sure. I don't quite remember how that worked. So how does that function in the medium of a board game? So in this game, it's a little different, but uh, the way this game works is you start as one of five basic classes. Um, each character has to start different. So there's a wizard, a rogue, an archer, a fighter, and a cleric. And so say you start as a uh, wizard, level one, and you get a couple fireballs, you get a couple tele teleports. It's, it's kind of a constructive deck builder in that um, as you level up, you're going to be adding cards to your deck based on your character classes. And so um, you, everyone starts with a general similar style deck but your basic attacks and moves are based on your character. And then you get special cards based on the class you are. So like I said, the wizard would start with fireball and he has a passive ability where players can only move orthogonally. So the wizard can move one space diagonally on their turn as well. But then at the end of a fight, you can level up. So now the wizard could either go level two wizard or they could go level one cleric, level one rogue, level one fighter, or level one um, archer. And so if you stay within your class, there are five levels within each class. Um, you do more refinement, right? You get better at what you do. You don't get as many cards um, as you multi-class. Like if you start going um, cleric level one, you're going to get the cleric's heals. You're going to get the cleric's passive abilities. You're going to get the cleric's class feature, which is a special card for each class. And so your deck's going to get bigger, but you're going to be more well-rounded in that you can do more things. Um, so your deck will be, like I said, just bigger, but it'll have more different uh, or variety of options. Um, there are options to call, but you know it's not going to be complete. Um, but then what's cool is if you go wizard, then cleric, you could then go wizard level two, you could go cleric level two, or you could still go level one of the other classes you didn't go yet. Or as you advance, you can unlock um, elite classes like the shaman requires a multi-class of wizard and cleric. There's a warlock that, that lock that requires a wizard cleric multi-class. The cleric level two can go bishop, a cleric and fighter can go paladin. Um, but like I said, then as you go say paladin, you can go up to five levels of paladin. And as you're doing these uh, classes, you're getting new cards for your deck, you're getting new passive abilities, new class features, 
And as you go on, you might have five to six passive abilities, but you can only use three in a fight. So you have to select which ones you want for that particular fight. And they're all unique for each class. And they do special things that synergize with different cards. So it's really all that min-maxing you want to do in those uh, games where you're kind of optimizing how your abilities work together. There's a lot of that going on in this game. Very nice. Are there incentives to, to go one way or the other in terms of like, focusing on one class versus branching out into a lot of multi-classing? You know, it really just depends on what you want to do. Sometimes it's just like you want to explore it and maybe it doesn't jive for you as well. So you just say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to move on. Um, or you might say, oh, I really want to get these types of cards. Like for the archer, there's a really cool passive ability where, so every fight, every round starts with deciding initiative. So it's kind of like in D&D where you, you know, you select the initiative order randomly with cards, but every round you're going to reshuffle and do it again. The archer can move up or down one in the initiative. So you might say, okay, well, I'm not, you know, ending where I want to do, be, or I want our party to be more versatile. So I'm just going to go archer level one just to get that passive ability to move up and down initiative. Right. Um, so it's really kind of like, as you're seeing how people are playing and what they're doing, you might decide, oh, our party doesn't have a lot of heals. I'll start going cleric level one just to add a couple to our party's decks, right? Like to my deck. And so, so yeah, it just, I think it depends, you know, really on what you like to do. You see, we see a lot of people with, it's just like what they like, right? We have one friend, he's played 30 times or so, and every time he just goes paladin typically. And he just loves those, or any type of tanky fighter class as well, but he loves paladins. So he always, and we're like, try something different. He's like, no, I love paladins. And it's just, that's what he does. But if you, I love necromancers usually. So I, I play a lot as the necromancer and raising some skeletons. And then, you know, it's a pet class. So you have some, uh, the skeletons that you're commanding on the board as well. And so it's just customize it to your personality's delight and go with it. And then, as you play through, try again and go a different route if you want to try something new. Mm -hmm. In the, in the base game, how many? You said it's a campaign game, so presumably yep. there's kind of a natural endpoint. How many different playthroughs uh, would you expect a party to have before they've kind of completed the game? Okay, so so the campaign guide has about fifteen different fights within it, but you only see about ten of them in the game. Okay. And it branches, it can vary because sometimes just the paths you take can reroute back or the way they do, or you might, um, your success and failure can also affect how you go through them. So you might see more or less depending on that as well. But we purposely did that. We made it, we wanted about 10 fights and they're about 45 minutes to an hour each. So something like Descent or Gloomhaven, they take three or four hours, right? Mm -hmm. Each fight. This is about an hour each. And we wanted that because we wanted people to play through multiple times, try different branches in the, in the campaign. We want them to try leveling up differently. So we wanted to really encourage multiple playthroughs of a campaign. And so we tried to kind of nail that perfectly that it felt like enough um, without being too, too long. Okay. So you're, so you're expecting kind of the, the appeal to come back is to not necessarily complete the campaign, but to try out something new in terms of, of a character progression. Yeah, but also, so the campaign has multiple different endings depending on how you do. And really, there are two acts in it. And the second act really affects how your end scores, or not your end score, but your ending is going to play out. And so we want you to play it and, see, you know, hopefully maybe not be satisfied and say, you know, what, we're going to play through again and we're going to do better, you know. And uh, so we really want to encourage that. So that's what sure, we're Sure, yeah. And it also, it, it, you know, that kind of thing makes it a bit more accessible to people who might get overwhelmed by a Gloomhaven campaign that takes 300 hours or something. Exactly, yep. And um, so, yeah, so we're really excited for that. We wanted to, um, you know, try this and do it a little bit differently than uh, 
the way it's been done before. Mm-hmm. Um, how did uh, you come across this game? Was it a was it a typical situation where Nicholas designed the game, pitched it to you, you picked it up? No. So so actually, Nick and I have been friends for a very long time. I mean, about seven or eight years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've helped each other with the signs before, and we've something like unofficially collaborated just helping each other with our own stuff but we've never worked together and um we were at a local convention once that we do every year together and we were talking and i I said to him i was like i've always loved final fantasy tactics that was my favorite video game of all time and i feel like it would port to a board game in a very cool way and it's never been done and he was just like yes that was my favorite game too and i could see like i ignited a fire in him and he went home that weekend and he sent me a 25 page word doc outlining all the classes it didn't have like the, the full leveling up system or how the game really worked with the encounters yet but he already outlined all the classes what type of abilities they would get how they would interact with each other a lot of the passive abilities um within that first weekend he had so many great ideas and for the last few years we've been iterating and playing you know many times a week um just to get it there and so so it kind of started as a, we both were talking about it and then he designed it most you know mostly himself with my development like from the beginning uh, which was cool it wasn't like i took it on and then we decided to work on it we've been kind of crafting it and honing it from the start which is really you know it was a, it was a neat experience and we, we had a lot of fun with it nice that's fun in terms of the actual gameplay so you mentioned that it's a deck builder of sorts or deck construction kind of thing your deck changes as you level up and such but but what is like a turn look like is it is yep. it a matter of drawing five cards and playing those to the best of your ability or yeah so you start with a, your you know four cards in your hand mm-hmm. um in the very beginning of the game you can mulligan it um and it's only the very beginning of an encounter and that's the only time you can do it um but you have four cards and they're made up of your your various action cards from your classes that you've leveled up through as well as basic attacks and moves and each character has set movement and attack how they do it there there are different custom dice there are four different types of dice so some characters have one type some have another and some have multiple dice as well um, in the elite classes and so that on your turn you play up to two cards or you can play your class feature which is a separate ability that's down on your player board Um, it's kind of like a separate option and once you play it that gets discarded and shuffled into your deck like a regular card so it's kind of like just an extra option that's always out there um, and what's neat is as you multi-class, you'll get multiple class features. So at the start of each encounter, you pick which one you want to slot out there, and the rest can either shuffle into your deck or not. So you can decide which ones you want there, which ones you don't, which one you, you want to remain out. Um, and equipment works the same way. You have, um, as you beat fights, you'll get loot depending on how well you do. And there's armor, accessories, and weapons. And you can slot one of each on your playboard as well. And they're the same thing. They work in specific ways that... Um, you, there is just an extra option for your hand, and when you use it, it shuffles into your deck. So you play two cards on your turn, which would be moving and attacking, much like something you would do in Descent, where you would try and move towards them. It's a grid-based tactical movement, and you attack the boss. Um, there's an initiative order, like I mentioned, and so on the boss's turn, when they go, there's a deck of cards that tell you exactly how the boss acts, as well as in the campaign guide, it outlines how they act as well. So it will tell you when enemies move, who they target. So some target specific characters, some target just the closest. They tell you how to set the board up. They tell you the boss The boss might have specific active or passive abilities. 
But then when you flip the card over, it'll tell you, okay, the main boss moves and makes a basic attack. The minions move and make basic attacks. But it might say, oh, the main boss moves and uses smash, which is an active ability. And so the card tells you exactly how the boss does their turn and what they do. So so each does each of the encounters have their its own boss? Yep. Or? So every encounter has a different boss and mm-hmm. some have different minions. Some of the minions repeat through and some of them work in very unique ways. So some of the fights like... Um, not all of the fights are the same, right? So so some are just like defeat the boss and um, win. And some are like one, I don't want to get too far into it, but it's almost like a football type scenario in that you, you have a specific item that you're trying to move from one end of the board to the other. It's four boards long and there's enemies all the way in the end and you're going to clash in the middle and you need to get to the end without the person carrying the item getting knocked down. What's really unique though that we do that really kind of puts a lot of decisions on you when you're in the middle of your fights is there's success, success with bonus and failure. So every fight outlines a bonus that you have to achieve as well. And if you do, you'll either get more loot or maybe more options in the branching campaign or uh, different items, perks, uh, passive abilities. Um, So the first fight might be something like, okay, defeat the boss. When you defeat him, the fight ends and you win. But the bonus is defeat him and all the minions. So when you're fighting it, especially the intro, it's meant to help you learn the game. It feels kind of easy. Oh, we're going to beat the boss pretty quickly. But then you're like, let's go for the bonus. And it just starts taking longer to defeat the minions and the boss generates more as he gets weakened. You realize, oh my gosh, I think we're just going to have to kill him and not go for the bonus objective. Because there's a lot of decisions within the game like that as how far do we go towards this bonus before we decide we're going to die and just fail. And so that that feature adds a lot of extra decisions during the fight as well which is a really nice addition for the game and then i assume as you uh as you advance and level up you can get equipment and and different artifacts maybe or something like that yep so as you beat a boss um like i said when you either success or success with bonus Mm -hmm. you'll get different items but you get certain items from each boss as you beat them um they are items you can equip you can get certain passive abilities that aren't in the game otherwise, so they're story-related passive abilities. There's items that are used within the game. Some are like healing-type potions, but some are like gold that you'll spend at the market. Some are items that may come up later in the scenario guide. They're like kind of keywords, so it's like if you get to a point that says, do you have this item, yes or no? And if you do, you can do certain things in the campaign guide, and if you don't, you just can't do them yet. Looking at the art, I'm looking at the, uh, the Kickstarter page that preview that you sent me i usually don't go for minis but i'm really liking the look of the heroes here i i love i i feel like in a fantasy game too often you get a bunch of heroes that kind of all look the same but these mm-hmm. are very distinct in 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 their look yeah so you know i've got to get a lot of credit we found uh this one artist jacob croft uh nick found him in a D subreddit for art and he was fantastic and he had so we wanted that final fantasy-esque feel where it's it's kind of warm and friendly like welcoming for families as well but it's not kitty it's not too cutesy and you know too young but it has that welcoming for anyone adults or kids type of feel mm-hmm. if that makes sense and it really has that final fantasy-esque like that kind of not really cute but cartoony right um they have character they have nice like facial features and they're you know there's a lot of um character within their their expressions they're making but it's mm-hmm. not too cutesy no no it it completely makes sense i mean when i was looking at it, the first thing i thought was it looks very nintendo-esque or, or maybe like a zelda game but 
because mm-hmm. I, I don't have a ton of experience with Final Fantasy. Uh, sure. But I mean, it looks, it's got that, it, it's bright, but at the same time, you know, it's not completely, you know, it, it could be serious as well. Yeah, we, we like I said, we kind of lucked out in that. That's the style we were looking for. And we, we just connected luckily with someone who, who nailed it perfectly. And he has done a stellar job on not just the heroes, but the bad guys as well. So then we, we hired a, a miniatures sculptor to, to, to render them in 3D format. And he was so excited to work on it because he loved the art as well. So he was very excited to make minis based off that art. So the art and the sculptor, came, you know, the artist and sculptor came together and made these amazing renders. And we, we may or may not have a couple more planned during the campaign that may unlock as well. And we're very excited <laughs> to show them off. Wonderful. And it looks like the, the price point on the Kickstarter is going to be $75 for the base game. Yep. Yep. And that's mostly because um, there's a lot in the box. It's going to be a very heavy game. It's over 800 cards because just the, having the options for multi-classing cards you add to your deck, leveling up, there's a lot of cards involved in that leveling up system, as well as the, each boss has a deck of 10 cards. That's how they activate. Um, so there's a lot of cards in this game. There's a lot of punch boards. Uh, we tried to keep it a little more cost effective by only doing hero minis to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that saves some money because um, we didn't want it to be too expensive for people. But we fought for a campaign game with as much as we have. We wanted it right around that $80 price point, And we were able to hit that with what we've got. So, you know, when you first told me about this, I think kind of off, I don't know, I think we talked about actually in the podcast for, for Matroska, and you said uh, that you're doing a Gloomhaven kind of game. And uh, that excited me because I, I think Gloomhaven's, masterpiece but at the same time you kind of have to if from a publisher's perspective i while you want to compare it to great games like that you also want to stand out is the class system kind of the the area where you're really trying to stand out and say hey we've actually made something unique here so the class system was the main thing we wanted to drive home so i would say yes but then tangentially i would say the 45 to 60 minute fights, um, having them more. So for us, it feels like I'm, I'm in my group. We have a descent group and we love the game, but it's stressful trying to get together, play for three or four hours, and then you'll say lose. And it's like three or four hours and yeah, you advance on, but it's kind of defeating. We wanted something that was a little more manageable in like an hour so that you could get together with friends for three hours and progress pretty well through the campaign, do two or three fights set them up, get some items, level up to a second fight, and, and really feel like you've progressed. That was something that was really important to us. So so that, and um, you're starting to see more of it, but we really wanted that choose-your-own-adventure-style campaign as well, so that the branching and the choices you're making are really cool. There's um, one thing I love Nick did is how the story kind of progresses through. There's a great storyline in there. Um, you'll get to see it eventually. We only released half of the story guide because we didn't want to spoil too much. There's a really cool story, but even if you beat a uh, I mentioned that one of the bonuses to beat the boss and his minions. If you don't beat them all, there's a card that goes in the random encounters that's the minions coming back later. And you don't do a full fight. It's just a card and one bad thing happens. But it's very thematic. And it's like, oh, the band of raiders that you didn't defeat came back and looted your camp type of thing. So there's a lot of carryover with the story and it's staying with you, which um, you see a lot of that in like um, Ryan Lauckett's games, right? Like Near and Far has kind of a progressive story and stuff. And we love that immersion. And so we really wanted an encounter-based game that did that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or even, yeah, Near and Far did something similar, or even like with not even in a campaign game, uh, Robinson Crusoe does things like that. Um, yeah. which, I, which I think is really neat where, you know, something you might decide for short-term expedience comes back and harms you in the long term because you 
weren't as thorough or, or didn't push your, your luck quite as much. Um, I, that's, that's always compelling from a narrative perspective. Um, in terms of the story, you said you released a bit of it. Uh, I haven't actually read that. What is kind of the, the setting here? Um, so, okay. Act, I'll, I'll give you kind of a quick synopsis of both. Sure. We're not going to get too deep in it. Act one is basically every character has a different backstory with what they're doing. So the rogue is in jail, nursing a hangover. The wizard is kind of uh, doing his morning reading and meditating. The cleric is doing her morning prayer. Um, the archer is trying to track down the gang of goblins that raided her camp the week before. And the fighter is, um, she's the um, main gardener town and she's doing kind of a morning patrol. And while they're all doing their thing, there's a little more story to it, but basically there's a goblin attack at the front of the gate, as well as a band of goblins coming in the back of the village. And so the archer followed these goblins to this village and she's curious as to what's happening here. But um, you're presented with your first option right at the beginning and it's do you want to go guard the gate or defend the back of the village and from there on that's right away you're going to choose one fight and not see the other and that's you know your first choice in the campaign you fight the goblins and you realize that they're after something they're looking um, they're kind of patrolling for a local orphanage and um, you go on your quest following this raid of goblins and as you progress through you realize it's connected to this um to Domian, who's ruled over this village in a very evil way for a long time. So the first act is you traveling towards her tower. So you're going through this main city, and there are lots of... Um, you're trying to gather information through the main city, and you're encountering these bad guys along the way. All of them somewhat can possibly connect it to her. Um, but then act two is all within her tower. So she's got a lot of defenses in her tower leading up to her. So act two is going through the tower... Um, going through her guards and eventually getting to Domian. Very interesting. Now, this kind of game, obviously, you know, it, it kind of begs for expansions once people have exhausted the the base scenarios and, and look and gone through all the different classes and such. Do you have anything like that lined up? Yeah. So the base game provides. Uh, there is five base classes and 16 elite classes that you can level up through. And as I said, each class has five levels within them. So you could do up to five levels of fighter right away and then say go to Barbarian and do five of that. And that's your 10 level ups within the game. So you never see the other 19 classes during a game. Um, but we wanted more content because everyone wants more content, right? There's of course. a lot of cool things you can add. So we actually might have a couple classes planned as stretch goals. The reason being each class adds a lot of cards to the game. So we had to stop at some point. So we picked a set number of classes to include in the base game. Though if we fund well, we have some extras planned. But then we have an expansion within in the Kickstarter campaign as well that adds three more classes. And those are kind of an expansion because they all act a little bit differently than the base classes. One is a Spellblade, which is really cool, and they can um, enchant weapons. So as you get loot from the bad guys, those are the weapons you slot, and the Magic Blade can actually enchant those weapons, which is really neat. And then there's a Time Mage who can sift through decks, um, so they kind of do a little bit more of that deck sifting and stuff like that that you, know, you want to do sometimes in deck builders. That's what the Time Mage can do. And then there's an Engineer who has... It's a pet class. They have like this... Um, it's kind of a steampunky um, Tesla coil turret. That's like a, a, a turret gun that they're moving around the board and destroying bad guys with. So there's those three added, but we have a lot of content planned if this does well. We're kind of holding our horses till we know what kind of response this game is going to get. But we have you know, ideas for additional one-off scenarios. We have ideas for mini campaigns that might be a three-fight 
expansion to add on. And then Nick's already kind of planning a full complete campaign to add on as well after for, for an expansion. So that's why we kind of went with adventure tactics, Domian's tower, because we wanted to be able to add adventure tactics, something exciting afterwards and have the flexibility to do that. Um, so we have a lot in the works and I guess we really want to see the response to the base game as well as what the community who really is excited about this game would like to see next. Cause we can go in a lot of directions with this and uh, we really want to gauge what everyone wants to do with it and kind of go from there. Yeah, it's certainly it's the kind of game where you can kind of slot in new classes and new characters and kind of just say, hey, here's more you can play with within what we have. And then, you know, create larger expansions down the road. Uh, so there's lots of yeah. flexibility with this with this type of game. Uh, for those who are interested, when is the Kickstarter planning to go up? We are launching on July 29th. So it's when we're recording in 12 days. So I'm not sure when you're going to release this, but it'll be either very soon or live when you do. Uh, it'll be very soon when uh, it goes up. So uh, July 29th, you said? Yep, that's it. Okay. All right. July 29th, we'll be... at, uh, it's going to be 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right. Well, be on the lookout for that. Uh, it's Adventure Tactics, Domian's Tower. Again, $75, it looks like, for the base game, if you want to add in the small hero pack expansion with those uh, three additional hero classes that Dan was talking about, it looks like that is $90, and that well, goes $15 live. extra, not $90 extra. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, $90 total, yeah. <laughs> $15 in and, addition. And that also includes an additional mini and possibly more coming. With, with stretch goals and such? yeah. Yeah, yeah, lots of stuff to unlock even in the campaign. Well, th well, thanks, Dan, for coming on the podcast. No, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time to have me on. Well, of course, the game looks really, really uh, fun. I love the look of it. I love that it's a campaign game that doesn't take all evening to uh, play through a simple campaign. It's just something you can kind of pop in after dinner or something, which as much as I love Gloomhaven, you know, you got to set aside some time, uh, even just for the setup and, and takedown. Uh, this looks like closer to, in terms of campaign games, uh, closer to like Pandemic Legacy. Uh, yeah, exactly. And time commitment. Great. I love the inspiration. I, I can't wait to uh, see how this does. Uh, again, the Kickstarter goes up on July 29th. And just look up Adventure Tactics or Letterman Games uh, to find that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to check out the podcast or to uh, rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Check out the thoughtfulgamer.com for more board game podcasts and writing. And uh, if you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com slash the thoughtful gamer. You get all kinds of fun stuff by going there, uh, including being able to watch our main podcast recordings every other week live. And if you want to learn more about uh, Letterman Games, what's uh, your website? www.lettermangames.com Easy enough. Straightforward. And I'm also on Twitter at Letterman Games and pretty much everywhere at Letterman Games. So hopefully it's easy to find. Yeah, and uh, for me, everywhere, the Thoughtful Gamer, pretty much uh, Twitter, Facebook, all that. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Goodbye.